Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knitter Square podcast. It's changing seasons as I record this, mid-February, and it's quite surprising how quickly this has happened. In the last episode, I spoke about how we'd had so much rain and the the weather had been quite cool to the extent that we'd been wearing um, long-sleeved t-shirts and sweaters and it wasn't really unusual. And um, I've noticed in the last couple of mornings when I've woken up that there's a really chilly a breeze in the air and I can I can really feel that we're going from summer into autumn and with that has come some um, inspiration for new knitting projects and so I went to the yarn shop just last week and I bought some some really exciting um, uh, new uh, yarn colors they were lovely multicolored um, yarns and they make brilliant corner to corner blankets so I'm excited about those and I've begun knitting on um, various different projects, including a sweater that um, I'm planning to make myself for winter. So I've been busy with that. And then, of course, um, opening days have begun again with with um, at Knitter Square. And um, we are being very careful, but uh, being able to meet is really exciting. So yesterday I, I managed to pop in with Bongi to the barn and um, I caught uh, Rhonda for a lovely interview. And that's what this uh, podcast is devoted to. And it's a lovely jam-packed interview with lots of her news. So I'm not going to take up time with my own discussion. And um, I'll hand over to Rhonda at this point And we will chat again at the end of the episode. It's a Tuesday morning and I've come to the barn for the first time this year to see what's going on and I also brought some squares in um, and I've got Rhonda sitting with me. We're sitting in my car because it's a useful little studio. We both got our masks on and we're going to tell you a little bit about uh, what's happening today um, and then Rhonda's got a, l- a lot to share with you about what she's been doing and um, I'm sure you're going to find it quite fascinating. Yes, mm. Indeed, happy new year to everyone. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we're here at the barn, and we've probably got five or six volunteers, which is lovely. Um, we haven't yet seen our volunteers from Soweto because the virus is quite active in South Africa, and um, it doesn't seem to be as well organized perhaps Mm. as it could be so we are pretty vulnerable and they are especially vulnerable the board members and volunteers so we haven't had them back in the barn but I'm needing to try and make a plan of some sort um, to see how we can arrange that Mm. this year but um, several friends of Estelle's and Athelay's have started coming they're so pretty much new volunteers which is wonderful mm-hmm. um, and they're very welcome and they are loving it loving the squares loving opening the parcels and you know just loving the whole knitter square 
vibe. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it is a blessing to have them. Um, so we had a rather rocky road since early December when mm, we closed we the barn last and um, Peter and I uh, traveled by road down to the Cape to have Christmas with our two daughters and both their families um, all together which didn't quite transpire because Peter and I were tested positive for COVID. Mm. Um, we had visited a very dear friend who subsequently tested positive, but we're not sure of the time, the time lapse, whether it, we would have caught it from him or just simply on the way down as we stayed at various sand parks, which we love. Mm. We love the bush, we love the animals, we particularly love the birds. And um, and so we had five lovely days at two uh, gorgeous parks. That's game reserves, isn't it? Game reserves, mm. national parks, mm. yes, sure. Um, one was Makala, and the other was the Karoo National Park. Delightful places. Oh, that is beautiful. Both of them. And, you know, excessively clean, and there was lots of hand sanitizer, and we wore our masks and were very clear, careful and so on. But, you know, this virus, as you know, is quite sneaky so <laughs> so just before Christmas we ended up isolated uh, very happily actually in our grandson's bedroom suite which has a bit of a balcony oh, nice. um, and and they tell you when you do have COVID that you must spend a little bit of time in the Sun because the vitamin D is so yes of course so vital and fresh air I suppose. and fresh air mm. and um, we were able to stand on our balcony and watch the family uh, at their Christmas dinner. And of course, they served oh. us on trays, the most wonderful fare, which neither of us felt like eating <laughs> at all. <laughs> Did you lose your sense of taste oh, and smell? Totally. And, and certainly our appetites were oh. gone. We just, my daughter worked so hard with chicken soup and and delicious little, you know, bits and pieces. But whoa, it was hard to eat. We knew we must and mm -hmm. we did, but it was very, very difficult. Um, so it's a most unpleasant thing, COVID, in that it seems to come at you from every angle, in that it, I, I'm not saying I had hallucinations, but I had something close to a panic attack, which mm -hmm. I didn't recognize, wow. which is not me at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I don't know what it is, it, it kind of attacks your very being somehow. It's not just a physical thing. Oh. It's 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 quite a there's quite a a mental side of it. I don't know if fear has anything to do with mm. it, but I'm not a fearful person about my health and I didn't feel that bad. Mm -hmm. I felt lousy, but I've probably felt worse in my life. But somehow, you know, everything you know, you get a bit depressed, I guess. Mm. I think you get a little bit depressed, yeah. Maybe and overwhelmed weird. maybe you just You get a bit overwhelmed and of course we were missing Christmas, but they made the best that they could for mm. us, the family, and we could see them, you know, in the pool and having fun, and mm. they kept coming and running and saying, how are you, Granny and oh. Grandpa, and so on, and um, so we were kind of involved, but we were distant, yes. and I think we had the best of both worlds, and I have to say, we look back and are so grateful that we weren't at home on our own when we had it, that mm -hmm. we had wonderful care um, from our daughter and her family and that when 
subsequently, um, Peter was very ill with it. Mm-hmm. I recovered. My two, my grandchildren, the two older ones who are 13 and 11, helped me when their mum and dad went down with it and their little sister. And uh, we did everything. We cooked and cleaned together and served the meals. Mm-hmm. And I had just recovered and these two kids had also just recovered. But they were absolutely wonderful. And that that um, was a blessing, actually, mm-hmm. for me. Um, I didn't know my grandchildren that well, not living in the same city. Mm. And they're, they're um, you know, I just didn't realize that they would step up in the way they did. So yes. that, that really was a marvelous thing. So there was a lot of good that came out of it. And my being able to help my daughter while she rested, which is what she really needed. Yeah for yeah. the eight days. They missed their holiday away because the son was diagnosed, uh, was tested positive on the morning. They had the trailer packed and everything. Oh. Oh, it was just, it was sad. It had its real ups and downs. Mm. But the family came together and worked together in an amazing way. Um. And then we came home and, of course, I had booked a lovely holiday to our favorite place on Earth, which is in Gwenya on the Crocodile River uh, in the su- southern part of the Kruger Park. Yes. And I had booked that in August, uh, uh, thinking that we would have five weeks at home after our Christmas trip. But we were so delayed getting home. We had one week at home. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then <laughs> we had turned around, packed up again, and then off we went to, to um, Kruger, mm-hmm. um, prefaced by three or four days at a, at a quiet place just to use up timeshare point okay. um, near White River and that was just lovely too. Now I remember that when you set off there mm. we were about to hit, to experience some kind of a cyclone off the Madagascar Indeed. Channel. Indeed, cyclone or hurricane or whatever, mm-hmm. Eloise mm-hmm. hit the Mozambique coast on the 24th. We were due to drive out on the 25th but we delayed it for 24 hours because we were hearing stories of even you know bridges collapsing and Mm. bridges being overrun we didn't think it would be on the main road but we didn't want to drive uh, four and a half hours in that really bad weather I mean we are a bit doddery and old so (laughs) we didn't think that would be a good idea so we left on the morning of the 26th and Mm -hmm. had three days at Pine Lake resort which was lovely and the weather was a bit miserable there but we had times of sunshine as well because by then actually the effects of Eloise had slightly abated but what had happened was that all the rivers in Kruger were had been come down in flood on the 24th and 25th massively so so there were you know gates closed to the park and one thing another Mm -hmm. however we got in to the gate, uh, we drove down to our position uh, um, uh, in Gwenya, which is outside the gates of the park, but inside the game fence, if you yes. know what I mean. So yes. you have to drive out of the park, mm-hmm. and then when you go into Nguenya, you come inside, and it's on the Crocodile River, and the game fence is behind you. So all the animals we were, are there, yeah, right there. We were there um, in about August or September last year, oh, soon were. after lockdown lifted, mm-hmm. yes. And um, we were in an upstairs unit and looking right over the river. Mm. And just across the river 
were lion and mm-hmm. elephants and mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And, mm-hmm. and and then we could walk down to the hide, which is on the river, yes. and then hippos in the water. Right. So in the water and crocodiles. You're that close. Yes, beautiful birds. We've seen wild dog on that floodplain. We've seen lions chasing buffalo within 10 minutes of arriving. Fantastic. We went out onto our patio. We were out on the river. Mm-hmm. And there was the buffalo. And the next thing we saw, young lions <gasps> doing a half-hearted sort of practice <laughs> chase. But our hearts were in our mouths. Yeah, you know? And lots of elephants. It's wonderful to watch them coming down to bathe. And, you know, you're above the river, slightly oh. above the river. And totally safe mm. you know and you can watch them at close quarters they walk right underneath <gasps> right beneath the lodges in the river it's amazing and it did you see is. leopard because they're the ones that now in the park really see. i must say that with the floods and we did have rain during the week and the river came up amazingly mm-hmm. on the sunday we got back from a game drive and we had been using malalan entrance which mm-hmm. is not our local our close by one which is mm. Crocodile Bridge and the Malalon has a high level bridge so you can go in that way okay but you have to drive 30 or 40 kilom- kilometers back towards Joburg on the main road get, isn't it yes, yes on the N4 hmm. which is the main corridor between um, South Africa and and Mozambique oh okay because um, Nguenya is very close to the border and mm. um, Kamati Port is the little village there and it's the border, the border village, village yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we came back and we knew it had been raining but we weren't we have never seen the Crocodile River in spate we've been there we've been going there for 20 years and um, but we've never actually caught the Crocodile it is it was the most stirring and amazing sight I must say and we took lots and lots of photographs and the river dropped a bit each day and went mm-hmm. up and at times they even managed to open the low level bridge at mm-hmm. Crocodile Bridge and we were able to traverse into the park oh so they actually um, they, the, they the asked dropped. you not to use the, low, the Crocodile River Bridge Is oh we've got a photograph, you couldn't yes. it was totally overrun Is that so? Oh, it was feet wow. underwater Gee, and running fast, fast water. Because, because when we were there, that the, the water was quite a way below the bridge. Oh, yes, mm. but it is a low level. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed the, 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 the railway bridge. As you were going on the low level bridge into Crocodile Bridge, there is an old railway bridge to your right. It's a much, much higher structure. Oh, okay. And the, the, fourth, the fourth section of it has... Mm-hmm has is no longer there Mm -hmm. and that was the level of the water in 2000 when they had those massive floods when actually all the bridges were taken off. yes yes and the malalan bridge actually the water was was lapping over it and you know how high level that is yeah yeah that those floods were uh, were um you know out of this world they were very dangerous Mm. we only started going to um in Gwenya three or four months after that okay. and the levels were still high but nothing like but it took out the railway bridge that one whole section mm. you could still see grass okay and stuff hanging from the from the stru- from the structure yes the bridge structure until much more recently yes. you know um and so that they were, that was yards higher mm-hmm. than it was this time 
but there were times when it overflowed Crocodile mm. Bridge and we could, we had to use yes. Malalong. But we did manage to use the Croc Bridge yeah. on a couple of occasions mm. and it was lovely and quiet because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people didn't trust that bridge, not for going across, but if the water level arises the, and you have to go to Malalan mm -hmm. to get out of the park, you, you'd have to really go fast. You could only use the tar roads. So you yes. couldn't traverse across yeah. to the Malalan. Mm. You'd have to go right up to Skukuza oh, goodness, yes. and down to Malalan, which yeah. is miles It and is. Miles it's and miles. a vast area. Yeah, it is a vast area. When they say the size of Kruger Park um, and they compare it to the UK and stuff? Yeah, they say it's bigger than the UK. Isn't that it's amazing? A, it's a bigger space. It's, yeah. it's several or, or, or a couple of million hectares. You know, plus a bit, mm. two point three million hectares or something. Yeah. It's a very, very, very yeah. big park. It's we vast. we never get further north than mm. Skukuza. Skukuza, yeah, you know. yeah. I think years ago we drove. We decided we'd drive right through, but we took wow. a week to do it. Oh, yeah. yes. gosh, and and that would have been a night and driving, a mm -hmm. night and driving. It you, was. You know, you you mm. need actually to take three weeks of your yeah. sort of slowly game viewing and mm. so on. Yeah. So um, anyway, mm. so that was exciting, and we actually in the park saw, on two occasions, leopards, a leopard in a tree with its kill. Oh, that's amazing yeah. to see that. One was about four hundred meters off the road. You needed mm -hmm. binoculars, mm -hmm. and you needed some public spirited citizen who had been told about it and was watching to it, point it out. to stop you mm. and say, if you take your binoculars and look to the right. Mm that tree slightly bent over blah 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 then we could see it but mm. if you were driving and just you looking would never you would have never started. have picked it yeah. up the park is so vast yeah. that in fact you're lucky really to see what you do mm. but this trip we saw the big five marvelous yeah we saw lion under a tree sleeping also pointed out by mm -hmm. somebody else a very difficult sighting but mm. he was just off the road yes a big big male lion yes. and we having too, a lovely actually. lovely sleep under the tree sleep, yes <laughs> and uh, um and uh we saw two buffalo that's mm. all we didn't see a herd one very old both old guys and mm. they are the dangerous ones actually oh. you have to park right back and don't do anything to attract their attention because they get grumpy they're mm. grumpy old men mm -hmm. and this one was limping terribly badly so poor guy mm. it wouldn't be long I think before mm. he was caught by a lion or something mm, sure. um, and then his companion after him also old but looking in better condition and um, we did see the unmentionable rhino oh. I'm not going to say where but <laughs> yes of course. lovely with yes. a baby yes um, we saw uh, raptors beautiful big tawny eagles mm -hmm. two of them a pair of them I think a mother and 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 offspring mm. feeding on the ground right next to the road and that yeah. was That's on a, a, a hare or a spring a mm. spring hare or a rabbit or something for the sake of our listeners who don't know why it's the unmentionable rhino and you don't want to say oh, won't yes. you explain <laughs> yes of course because our rhino are being so so um, prolifically um, poached oh, yes. for their horn, mm -hmm. you know, 
for the horn which goes back to the far east as some kind of aphrodisiac which is absolutely unfounded there mm -hmm. it is keratin like your fingernails yes yes that's what their horns are made of mm. and and you know they've been viciously poached and killed and they just yeah sometimes they're just killed and their horns are hacked off and they're not even dead yet it is the yeah. most wicked and vicious yeah. and awful thing and so we're not to mention where they are mm -hmm. or where we are even mm -hmm. in the park really yeah. when we see them you yeah know? and of course you see fewer and fewer so it's quite a thing to mm. see them for sure so, and um, were all the water holes nice and full they would have been with the rain I suppose. well that's probably why you know staying on the crocodile river not only was it in spate we didn't actually see we saw a few warthog and some impala mm. but we didn't see any of the the big five down on the floodplain because the park is so well watered yeah. that um, they don't have to walk so far yeah. down to the river. They weren't congregating no, at one they spot. they don't congregate. And also it's quite hazardous because where animals congregate, the predators For sure. find them. So so we didn't see much action on the floodplain. But, mm -hmm. but higher up you did. But, you know, in the park we mm. actually managed. But it was difficult to see game because it was so green and lush. Mm. And the bush is thick. Yes. But nevertheless, we yes. saw one lion, that only lion. Mm -hmm. We saw the two, the two leopards mm -hmm. and the, the one that was far away we saw twice. Mm -hmm. But we went further north and saw, um, and somebody was saying, there's a leopard in a tree, also with a kill, and that guy was right next to the road. <gasps> that is special. Yeah. yeah, and so we got mm -hmm. lovely photographs. Mm -hmm. And he moved around. And, um, and he was a beautiful specimen mm -hmm. of a leopard right there. That is mm -hmm. almost unheard of. Leopards are very hard to spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly because they're only active at night or in the evening. Mm. Um, so Rhonda, it sounds like you, you probably had a lovely rest after your COVID trials and all that. Oh, we did. You came we back had. refreshed, I we suppose. We did. Look, we had friends, old friends with us who needed the break. And so we laughed and giggled and sat on the patio. Mm -hmm. and and um, we had a lovely rest. Mm. It is a beautiful time of peace and rest. Oh, I think it's nice. when you're with nature. Yeah. Somehow sure. you you relax in a way that you don't around dozens of people. Mm. You know, so it's very special. You you then came back and your house is nice and you've you've got your beautiful house to come back to. Yeah, you know, we moved home uh, in August. We. Uh, we sold our house well to a delightful man who we're still friends with. Mm. It all just worked so well. Um, and moved downsize to a little semi-detached home, which is 500 meters from our daughter and her family. Oh, special. And that is so special. And it's a very safe, um, it's a safe uh, area. It's a mm. safe... Um, community to be in I suppose. Yeah, it, it, they've got proper security. Mm -hmm. You know, you have mm -hmm. to go in through a security gate and the perimeter walls are high and they are they are so in other words it's a legal closure. Yes. It's a, a legal um, gated complex. Yes. And so we don't even have bars on our windows anymore. And you know, after a few weeks of living there, I realized that my shoulders had dropped the level uh, because I felt safe. Yes. You know, and all those years living in four ways where we had a gated area but it was an illegal one according mm. to the authorities so we had to keep paying kind of to have it 
even somebody on the boom. Yes. Yes. But you were not allowed to close the boom. Anyone who wanted to come through could come through mm. and weren't, didn't have to tell you, mm. no matter how dodgy they might have been, they didn't have to tell you who they were visiting or where they were going. But this is quite different. Mm. This is you have to sign a book yes. to get in. And within our, the, our gated area, we do have an old age home, a, a residential special. home, which is so that they, and they make that even safer because mm. they've got the elderly. And it's yeah. a big... It's a big residential um, area for the aged. So, mm. so I mean, we have no burglar bars. We sleep with our windows so wide open. South Africa, that's something amazing. That is, that is so special for mm. us, you mm. know. So we are loving it. It's smaller, but our son-in-law did a renovation for us, and he did it so beautifully. Oh. I've got, we've got a lovely place to, nice. to live in, and it's beautifully painted outside. Mm. Um, sort of different greys, and I've got bright red doors. Nice, I love that. that. Beautiful, it's yeah. Very cheeky and yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, I wanted to ask if you'd hmm. managed to do any crafting or anything since you've been in this new place. Well, you know, I haven't because actually I don't know if it was packing up or anything. But my arthritis has got a little bit worse. Arthritis in my thumbs mainly, and a mm. few of my fingers. And crafting and holding something has become difficult and then every now and then um, when I wake up my my hands won't open I don't know if it's oh. carpal tunnel or oh. I have to have it seen to yeah but crafting is a, a bit beyond me and even sometimes I have to ask Peter to help me to take stuff out of the oven because I, I drop things because mm. my hand suddenly goes a bit Oh, yeah. Nerveless, you know. <laughs> Jeez, that's dangerous. <laughs> so I'm very mm. clumsy and I, mm. I break a lot of mm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeez, so I suppose it's nice that you can come into Nitta Square well, and lovely, be yeah, sorting I, um, squares and things. Yeah. At least you're in touch with and, crafty and, things. And yes, and to see the wonderful crafting of other people, mm. it's a, it is super. So. Yeah. So I'm still ge I'm getting my fair share, but I'm not really able to. I have done a bit of gardening, mm -hmm. but um, you know we're so lucky in South Africa because for for very inexpensive um, wages we can have a gardener come mm. once a week to help. and do the heavy work, you yep. know, and operate the wheelbarrow, which I couldn't possibly do, um, and, and mow the lawn and do the heavy work and mm -hmm. help us to plant. Uh, what we get from the nursery and, yes. and and so my garden is just wonderful my lawn is is Green beautiful as but I've got this beautiful LM grass oh okay. which is like it's called buffalo grass mm -hmm. in some places mm -hmm. which is thick and when you mow it your mower must be on the highest Ooh, level so okay. because it's like a thick carpet under it's like a very thick carpet yeah. the runners are on the surface of the lawn. Yes. And um, you don't see them when you cut it high. Yes. Oh, they're on the surface of the ground. On the mean? surface. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So that if you cut it low mm. and to make a very fine lawn, you actually snip them and you kill mm. the grass. Yeah. So you have to mow it high mm. and it's like a thick carpet, as sure. you quite rightly said. And the most beautiful green, green, mm -hmm. green. It's hardy grass. It grows in shade. Mm. Oh, so there's nice. trees around, there's yeah. no problem. And um, so I've got a lovely little rockery and mm. I'm loving my garden. We've got a high wall so we've grown, uh, between us and the one neighbour, mm -hmm. we've grown creepers over and everything's very happy. Yeah. And growing like oh. mad. So it was lovely to get back 
to the garden each time. Yes, we are so blessed, so so happy, so, you know, everything is so good. It really is. I'm so glad you had a lovely break and Mm. that you recovered well and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Yes, we, we, yeah, we have. I mean, um, COVID uh, in South Africa is is a bit of a worry. We uh, our government is not coping <coughs> with mm. with any of it. Uh, you know, millions of brands have gone astray, uh, and our vaccination process hasn't even got off the ground mm. yet, and it's not looking like getting off the ground. And we're expecting a third wave. We've we kind of I think. Over the, over the top peak of, of the, the second, second wave, yes, we, I heard that yesterday, and it's and the numbers are reducing. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, we are still, um, you know, getting I don't know two thousand cases a day, new cases mm-hmm. in South Africa, and mm-hmm. up to two hundred deaths a day, and so on. Um, so we're far from over the worst, and the, uh, they say the third wave is going to be. Mm-hmm. Exponential. We're, we're of course anything. heading for winter, and the winter mm-hmm. is likely to be. And that's when it's going to start, May, yeah. June, yeah. they say. So we are concerned, actually, that, um, and, and when it comes to something like Knitter Square, I mean, it's irresponsible to have volunteer. We are all wearing our masks, mm-hmm. of course, and I've got sanitizer, mm-hmm. hand sanitizer everywhere, and we spray the parcels with Dettol water and so on and so forth, and the blankets get sprayed before they go out and all that mm. but um, but you know when the second the third wave is upon us mm. if we haven't had any kind of vaccination mm. we the country's going to be in a lot of trouble yeah you know? and of course I think those those of us who can come to the barn in our private transport it's mm. okay but those who are reliant on public transport well you see this is why I can't get the volunteers along because mm. Uh, Viv always used to come on public transport, mm. and and um, Temba used to bring Wandy, Lindy, Mabel, and Nani. Nani, but mm. um, that's in a tiny little yeah. car, and it would be we'll five of them, and yep. it's absolutely out of the question. Mm. Sure. And the taxis are very dangerous. Yeah. You know, they're meant to travel with windows open mm. and so on, but they're cramming them in. Mm. Well, Rhonda, I think um, we've had a lovely time to chat and we're off back to the barn to join the others. And um, I know they've been sorting out stuff that was on the table, isn't that right? Well, yes, we came in this morning to... We're getting getting a lot of parcels, so thank you all very much. The post is pouring in, Um, massive posts Mm -hmm. coming through. Um, The post office is charging us like a wounded buffalo for... um, just for handling fees yep. these days. So mm-hmm. we are paying four to five thousand rand a week just to collect the post. Oh, really? These oh. are not um This isn't postage fees. No, or no, no. It's not customs tariffs <clears throat> or anything. This is because each parcel now attracts about an eighty five rand. Eighty five? Oh yeah, it's gone. It up. was fifty. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, it went from fifty to seventy last year and now it's about eighty five. So so um, the post office is making a mint off Nutter Square, but never mind. You know what? You, our volunteer, our um, supporters overseas are so generously mm. keeping us afloat through yep. PayPal, that and we are so grateful for that. Mm. That we are managing to make this now part of the operation. We simply know that we need to pay this money mm-hmm. to collect our post, but the posts are huge, yes. and that's why the costs are so high. 
we do also of course get so many variations on the theme mm. and of course we are able to find brothers and sisters to match the squares to make our 35 uh, um, our 35 square bundles mm. but it's very very time consuming it is you it have is. to walk up and down the table to, mm. to match the, mm. the colors and the sizes and the shapes and um, if our really um, practiced and experienced knitters could help us a bit by sending our squares in batches of 35 so mm. that, that we've already got our blanket pack. Yeah, and they all match in size. And, and they match in size and so on. In, yeah. in, a, in uh, some kind of a color scheme. It would yeah. be beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I tell you, it would be so very, very helpful. We we love everything you do. We are not criticizing, mm. but but um, it's very, very labor intensive, this side and, of it. You know. And especially at this time, because yeah. when we do come into the barn, we can't spend all day like no, it was we can't. before. We've, we have limited time mm. in the barn these days. Uh, we may start to get the sweatings in if we can find a transport solution. We also, of course, need to have a board mem meeting and not all of our members can be on Zoom. Yes, of course. Or on something like that, because Although they have smartphones, they don't have Wi-Fi and connections, mm. connectivity, and all that mm. thing. Those things are an issue. So we, you know, we've got to, we've got a lot to think about mm. at the moment. Mm. And it would just be really, really, really helpful to have our squares in 35s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's, I heard um, Athan Estelle saying that there are a couple of distributions coming up soon. Yeah. So, but, but uh, blankets have been put aside for those. Mm. And um, yeah, and the wheels are starting to turn again. The wheels are starting to turn, and and I am hoping that one by one, uh, the volunteers can come with timber, spend a bit of time packing up, or I can they can say I want to go to this crash in yes. Soweto on such and such a date, and I can have their distribution packed up. They can come collect the van, go and do the distribution and take photographs, yes. I have to leave my camera here, mm -hmm. or um, the cell phones might work to that extent, I hope, and so that we can get the Sowetan volunteers involved in a few distributions. Yeah, It, it will be um, quite tricky logistically, but I think we can do it, and mm -hmm. I think we must start. And Sister Sue as well, and her husband, with their transport, they're going to come and collect for Baraguanas. Oh, marvelous. We've got a good collection of baby stuff. You know? Oh, good. Yes. So we, the wheels are starting to turn, as Leanne says. Yes. <laughs> and we're very happy. And we just, we never stop thanking you. So our, our, um, our contributors, you are wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can just echo Rhonda's extreme gratitude to you contributors out there who contribute such wonderful things to Knit a Square on a regular basis. Um, and I thought as I end off this podcast, I could just share with you one little tip that I've um, been ad ad adopting in my uh, sweater that I'm knitting in the round. And it will apply if you are knitting soft toys, uh, which um, requires some increasing, um, rows of increasing, because... You know, if you if you have a, a round where you are doing um, a couple of increases in the row to to um, achieve some shaping, 
then you will have to do say three or four more rows and then you do another increase round. Well if you're like me you battle to count the rows. I particularly do because I can't see them and I can um, sometimes manage uh, by feel but I'm not very confident that I've got my increasing uh, my increases very regular. So I adopted a new practice and I attach a little um, length of, of yarn, say about 20 centimeters long, to my stitch marker, which I mark the beginning of the round with. And um, every time I pass the stitch marker after knitting a row, I make a little knot in it. So round one, I give one, one knot, round two, two knots. And then when I get up to three or four knots, that will be the, the time I have to do my next increase. And I can either continue knotting on the same yarn or I can add a new piece of yarn and knot on that one. But by doing that, I can keep track by feel of how many knots are on my yarn and how many rows I've done. And then if I put down the knitting sort of and wait, even if it's two weeks later and pick it up, I can feel exactly how many knots there are, how many uh, rows I've knitted in the, um, the pattern for the increases. And uh, it, it just means I don't lose track. So if that's any help to you, uh, see if you can adapt that for your needs and then you don't have to use a, a, a row counter. <laughs> and I think that's quite useful. So <clears throat> that's all from me for today. And I'm sure you enjoyed Rhonda's sharing. And uh, look out for next uh, our next episode in two weeks' time. And remember to share the podcast with your friends and um, whoever you think may be interested. And until then, this is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it. And you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.